What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Disciple Makers Podcast by Discipleship.org. This is your host, Dave Stovall. Today, we're going to be hearing from Small Circle's last track session at last year's forum. Steve McCoy is walking us through the Small Circle app. And you might be wondering, haven't we heard about this before? Yes, you have. Last year, he talked about the app at last year's forum. But I included this one this time because he got really practical with a lot of the features on the app, and he also got really real towards the end after the break. So listen to this to get some familiarity with the app. It's a fantastic app, by the way, and it's for free. You can download it both on Google and the Apple stores, and you can find out in this episode how technology can be a strong asset in your disciple-making setting. All right, y'all, let's listen to Steve as he describes this awesome app, and let's let him encourage us with some of the success stories that he's seen through using it to disciple others. Here we go. Hi, everybody. We're going to go ahead and get started. So come on in, move on in, grab a seat. If you're coming in the door, we've got some seats up here. Greetings. It's our last session of the day. How's your brain? Is it full? All right. Well, sure appreciate you carving out the time in your schedule to, to come to this last session. So let me, uh, let me just get started by praying first, and, um, and then we'll, we'll jump right in. God, thank you for a full day, lots of content, lots of thoughts, lots uh, of perhaps new uh, dimensions for us, God, to consider, and it always seems like a fire hose when we come to a conference. So we're depending on you, God, to filter out what uh, is not needed for us uh, uniquely, uh, individually, and uh, we're asking you, God, to, Im- to embed in us the things that you want us to keep, each of us. So pray as we go back um, at the end of this conference to wherever you've called us to serve, that we will use and put to, to good use the things that you've given us here. Thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit. We're going to ask at this last session, would you refresh our minds, our brains, our bodies as we're tired uh, and uh, a little full. So would you, from the inside out, would you clear our minds, help us to be uh, alert, help us, our minds to think and be open to what you're speaking to us. Thank you for Jesus Christ, Lord. Uh, We're so grateful that you've loved us so much and you've given us an assignment to make disciples in all the world. We just want to surrender to that again and be obedient to your call as a privilege. In Jesus' name, amen. This session, by the way, is uh, uh, about the technology that we offer in Small Circle. And uh, I'm going to cover some real basics at the beginning, but then get into some things that are distinctive that I think are an advantage. As I've said many times uh, throughout our sessions, I'm a book guy. I like regular paper, regular books. I uh, like to write in the margins and, and whatnot. And yet on the fifth guy that I was discipling through the, through the small circle tools, I used uh, the app and I used it one single session and I never went back to the books. I'm going to tell you why that is and, uh, and, uh, and what I think the advantage is. Secondly, I'm going to remind you that uh, our champion is soccer mom Sally and truck driver Ted. Uh, our champion is the everyday people in our church. Disciple making is uh, intended for everybody, not just for the pastors, the leaders of the church to do, uh, but uh, for the everyday people. You'll see in the mobile app how this even further 
gives confidence to everyday people. So I believe the tools are designed in such a way to instill confidence, but I think the mobile app even takes it to even a greater... Uh, a greater. Yeah, okay, right. So if you have questions, by the way, I may take some Q&A at the end if we have time. On every uh, table around, or if you guys in the back uh, need uh, to grab one, we can get you one. If you have questions, you have sticky notes, yeah. And just stick them, let's stick them on the wall over here under the clock or over there uh, in the electrical room, whatever that thing is. Anywhere on the wall, we'll pick them off, and that way I can kind of keep flowing and, and kind of filter out the questions. So let me just give you an update on Small Circle, who we are, what we do. Uh, I'm looking for a marker. Uh, Maybe not. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Um, so just for those of you coming in and uh, for those of you who have been here, let's do a review. We um, were talking in terms of circles. Big circle is typically a worship service, a gathering of some kind. Mid circle, we're referring to groups, Bible studies, home groups, Sunday school classes, uh, Bible classes, just where we get a, a little tighter than we do in, uh, in the big circle. And uh, in regards to, we believe if you just kind of break it down with disciple making, it comes down to truth, content that we're delivering, and it comes down to relationships. In the big circle, when we're gathered for worship, typically the content is common. And in a group, it can come, become more clear. We see this in Jesus's ministry. By the way, I like to say as a disclaimer, because some people may be listening to the podcast later, and uh, the podcast, by the way, is sponsored by discipleship.org. So there was some of the questions that people asked. You can find out through discipleship.org how to get um, the podcast for these. So, um, the, so it becomes more clear. And I like to say that Jesus used this ministry. And Small Circle is not anti either one of these, not anti a group, it's not anti worship service. It's just an addition and a, and a complement to, to these two circles. When it comes to the relationship in the big circle, typically it's casual. And here uh, in, the, in the small circle, the group setting is typically close. The secret sauce to, the, to small circle to get to a table for two is, are these two things. In regards to content, it's customized. That means it's personalized. Think of the woman at the well. That conversation was only for her. It was, it was designed and personalized just for her and the relationship can become confidential. It's so interesting when we're at conferences and we talk to people in between and they all have stories and, and, it's, uh, and it's, here's what's fascinating. So many people, and perhaps this applies to you, would say, you know, when I was 23, when I was 37, there was a guy, there was a gal that poured into me and, it, and, and they, they highlight that, they accentuate that as one of the outstanding um, investments in their Christian journey. And yet when we come to the, to the church culture, we haven't strategized that with intentionality to get to that layer. We kind of leave it organically and we'll leave it randomly for it to happen. As I say, every church has a handful of Yodas. They, can, they just seem to be able to do it on their own. And, uh, and they, but when we strategize it, here's the exciting thing. You can get everyday people at this level discipling one another, and that's where it's exciting. So again, in our church, uh, our local church, uh, we have, we're on our sixth to seventh generation. 
and we have about 150, 160 people in one-to-one disciple-making, and it changes the entire culture. So with that in mind, um, I, we've handed out the books again to you. These are sample books that we ask if you could uh, perhaps uh, leave them on the table afterwards and we, we get them back. I also like to say, maybe, maybe I already did, um, you start wondering if I said that here, <laughs> said in the previous session. Um, years ago, God had put on our heart to re-gift these, uh, these tools to the church culture. So we've never earned a penny profit along the years with Small Circle. Uh, we have ways that you can download the, the PDFs at no cost. Even when we sell books, they're at cost. We make no profit out. We didn't want to get entangled with that. Not that there's anything wrong for those that do. Um, and then our mobile app is also free. Uh, if you want to get past the second page, it costs you $70. But uh, no, I'm just kidding about that. You're like, hey, what, what happened with that? Um, so yeah, the mobile app is free, and it's just a great, great uh, um, you know asset. We we love churches um, of all sizes, but being a church planter, I will tell you that a special place in our heart and understanding for those of you that are planting a church, and we uh, barely could rub two nickels together and couldn't even afford uh, children's curriculum. So we know what that's like. 80% of churches in the U.S. are 150 people or less. And so uh, we, if that's you, uh, we're, we're just privileged to be able to step inside with you. Okay, I'm going to talk about the Small Circle app. Um, and so um, there are two ways to, to come to the app. You can, uh, well, three ways. You can go to the smallcircle.com, smallcircle.com. And uh, there is a button that says Get the Tools. And when you click on Get the Tools... You can, uh, you'll see where the PDFs, you can choose PDFs. You can, it will take you to where the uh, mobile app is, uh, and it, you can click on the link and go from there. Uh, you can also go to, the, to Google Play or Apple Store and uh, search for small circle, one word, and it should come right to the top. And uh, you'll see it, and you'll see our logo there. It should come right in. Here's what I highly, highly recommend. I know some of you are probably tech-savvy. Uh, some of you, maybe that's a new thing. Uh, let me just say that we have people in our church that are above 80 years old that love the app. So it's not an age-driven thing anymore in this culture. And so uh, I just encourage you to use it. But even if you're tech savvy, I do encourage you, when you come into the, to the app, you'll see tutorials. That red bar says tutorials. I highly encourage you to, to do that because... There's a little, some, some little differences even in the sign-up process. So each little tutorial lasts two minutes or so. It's narrated, and there's visuals, and so you can go with that. There is a web app, and there is a, a, a mobile app. They are identical in their interface, almost. I'll show you the differences, but almost. For, for, the, for typical users, they're identical. What that means is you can get the app on your phone through Google Play or Apple Store, and you'll sign up, you use a, you know, have a username and a password. That same username and password works for the, the web app. Here's why we have both. Number one, there are some cultures in the world that they might have a computer, but they might not have a phone, and vice versa. But if you use the phone only, you're going to have to thumb type all your content into the phone, and that gets a little uh, wearisome after a while. So... You, so what I do is I prep all my work on my laptop and the, and the, and the uh, web app, 
and then uh, automatically through the cloud, it's on my phone, and I take my phone to my session with my disciple. And so do the work on the web app first. And so what you're seeing, I'm demonstrating here on, on the web app. So when you uh, get going, this is smallcircle.io. Like old McDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. So uh, that, that is the address for the web uh, app. The web app only has um, one differentiation. that, And if you're going to navigate, administrate, shepherd this thing. If you're the leader over discipleship, you would want to go to the web, to the web app, and I'll show you why. I'm gonna, let me just get out of the way the obvious reasons that an app has an advantage. The app has an advantage because you always have it with you. So when you're stuck in traffic, you can still do your stuff. Uh, we do memory, uh, what I call rumination, or you know, memory verse, so you've always got it there. Uh, it, it, you can chat through the app with each other, your disciple, disciple maker. Uh, so there's, you know, the, there are the obvious things. There are some things that are more specific to the small circle app that are helpful. Let me kind of point those out. So here are the tutorials. When you click on the tutorials, uh, you, you're taken right away to this list of, I don't know, 13, 14 different tutorials. And uh, just click on any of those and it'll get you going. Pretty straightforward uh, there. And again, you'll start with your mobile app. You can start with either one. Sign up, make sure, and then you can use both of them. You'll notice in the bottom of the home page, I know you can't read those words, but I'll blow it up here. There, there, uh, uh, there's a sign up. You can reset your password. Uh, you can change languages. Our tools are in 50 languages or so right now. We're gradually putting them into the mobile app. Uh, so you see there English, Spanish, Arabic, Russian, Ukrainian, Hindi. And uh, we now are almost finished, I believe, with the French, uh, the Canadian, French, Portuguese. And so we're continually pouring those languages into to the mobile app. So uh, if we go back to the home page, let me show you just one more thing. And it's uh, it, on the bottom, it says Church Affiliate Portal. This is a huge advantage using the mobile app. Let me tell you why. It's what we would call automatic metrics. So let's say, for example, everybody in your church is using books. You, you have to look at one-to-one uh, uh, -one discipleship as decentralized. So you remember when Jesus sent the 72 out, he sent them one-on-one, -on -one, right, in pairs. So they went out in all these different directions, so they're decentralized. But then you've got to shepherd that somehow, right? You've got to oversee that uh, and just like you would groups. Remember the 72 came back and they were really happy about, you know, one thing. And Jesus said, okay, well, that's cool, but don't forget this. And so we kind of have to recalibrate them, kind of shepherd them back in. When your church gets to enough disciples and disciple makers, you're going to have to, you will want to see how are they doing? It's not a massive check-in, but it is, it, it is just, it just, you know, touching base. Are you having any challenges? Are you still at it? Because you don't want Bob and John over here and they kind of dropped out and you didn't know it. Um, so, there, so the mobile app helps. When you sign up through the church affiliate portal, if you're an administrator, that's all in the tutorial. So this is, I'm not going to go through all how to do all this stuff. You just click on one of those tutorials. It will tell you how to sign up 
It is super easy, believe me. And it's kind of one of those things, if I can do it, you can do it thing. So you get a church affiliate portal, and then your church or your network, your denomination, doesn't matter who it is, how big it is, you get a specific code. So it's like OC48. And that OC48, you give that to everybody using the app in your organization or church. Every time they jump on the app, it's, it's keeping track of where they're at. If you use books, you can still keep track, but you're going to have to do a spreadsheet or something like that. We use uh, Microsoft Teams, and we're willing to share how we do it, but the, the app takes all that away. Let me show you what that means. So let's say you've got an affiliate portal code already. So you just do the thing. You're sent a code uh, right away. You'll get the code and you just give it out to people. So if Bill's using the app. He's in my church. I'm like, hey, Bill, when you sign up for the app, can you put this in your profile? And then, uh, then he's all set. So what happens when you click on the church affiliate portal? So it says the administration for the 360 church. That's the name of our church. Over here on the side menu, you have uh, disciples and disciple makers and or all users. And so if you would say, you might want to say, hey, let me check in on the disciple makers and, uh, and just see how it's going. So you click on there. You have active users and inactive users. If, you if someone is using the app and they haven't used it for 90 days, they're automatically put in an inactive list. And so that doesn't mean they can't use the app anymore. They can use the app. They're not like, you know, uh, disqualified or, you know, thrown out or something. We just, it automatically sends them some um, really condemning Bible verses. And, uh, no, I'm just kidding. The metrics are amazing. No. Um, so it actually, um, it, it, it allows you, if you're navigating the thing, to keep checking your inactive list. Wow, I wonder why Bob's not doing it. So you phone call Bob and you say, hey, just checking in, everything okay? He might say, oh yeah, everything's great. What we've done is we've decided to kind of add a book to what we're doing and we're hovering over an issue. So we haven't really used the app. Hey, awesome, great job, Bob. Or Bob may say, man, my disciple hadn't showed up the last six times. Okay, let's talk about that. So it just allows you to kind of navigate. Let me show you what information you get when you click on active users. So when you click on active users, you're going to get a list of all the disciple makers or the disciples, whatever you choose. And there's old Steve McCoy. And it's going to have in here, uh, I'm a disciple maker. And uh, there's the language I'm using. I was into the Russian at the time I filmed this. It's going to tell me where that disciple maker last left off. So that just, so it says book two. It will even tell you what page and what date they last left off. So if that date is, you know, a while back, you want to check in, it will give you a progress wheel. Here's, here's how he's progressing. So you can just check everything that's going on. At the bottom, here's a list of disciples that, that the, the person has. The bottom one is the one they're currently discipling. You can click on the disciple and you can get all their progress. So, for example, if the disciple maker looks like he's keeping up, you know, with it and you check on the disciple like, wow, man, they are out of sync. So it allows you to do everything uh, to see their progress. You can ask for their credit card number and then go on vacation. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome, too. I'm just kidding. Uh, you, I, can't, I can't tell you 
uh, from a person that has navigated this before, what a load off your shoulders it is. I just want you to think about if you don't have this, which is not impossible, you just if you really want to shepherd this thing, you got to keep track by hand. So it's uh, it's the difference between using a calculator or using long math. So, um, but it's it's super helpful. By the way. You'll see here that I'm using the English Standard Version. It's another advantage of using the app in English. We have seven different versions of the Bible, so you can choose you know, what your mix is. Uh, other languages like Spanish, we also use seven different versions of the Bible, and so some of them have multiple versions. So if we go back to, uh, to, to, the, to the app, on the home page, there is a bookmark. That's pretty, uh, pretty helpful. It's just a nice little feature. So when you're using the app and you're going along and the last time you left off, you just go to the home page, click that bookmark, takes you right to, so if I'm on book two, page three, takes me right to book two, page three. So it's kind of a nice feature. Uh, you'll notice uh, icons along the bottom. The icons are along the bottom of the, uh, the page. We'll kind of go through each of these. This is a home uh, screen, but there's, there's uh, so I go to the second one, and uh, this basically takes me to the library. For those who have been tracking through the, the, all of our sessions since, uh, um, you know, the first time, we have talked about two tools. Next is for new believers, brand new believers. It's a 12-session uh, uh, tool. And then exchange is intended to go about a year and two months or so. Intentionally, we're slowing down if you haven't been in one of our sessions. That has 24 sessions. Now you'll see a third tool. This third tool is only available on the app. It's not available in print. There's so much content that we decided just to keep it to the app. And uh, we'll go through exactly what this, uh, this is. So, for example, let's take a look at how Next is laid out. So, uh, uh, if you, I'm going to go back. Um, if you um, look at your book real quick, uh, the book that's on your table, this sample book, um, and you look on page uh, 28, maybe 20, uh, 26, thanks, 26. Uh, just for those of you, may again, that are new or just as a review, this is our tool for brand new believers and just the, the topics that we cover. And as I said in the last session, just to emphasize, the tools are just a bridge to the conversation. So don't get too caught up in, you know, would you put on question one, would you put on question two? They're really just a tool to give confidence to, to disciple makers to really use. So if you look at these 12 sessions, these 12 sessions will also be found uh, in, in here in the app. So every, all the content that's in the books are, are completely in, in the mobile app, and there's your 12 sessions in Next. So when you click on uh, any of these, and, and we're going to click here on the first one, your new identity, uh, what you'll see is that we've divided it up. Instead of endless scrolling with the, with the mobile app, we've kind of chunked it in you know, different parts uh, and the reason is, it, as I'll show you, it's easier to keep track of where you are. So there's the Disciple Maker Guide. There's a snapshot. There's a conversation, word of advice. So all the content is right there. It's pretty straightforward. Um, when you look on the right side of the screen, uh, you'll see um, uh, progress uh, marks. I'll show you what that is. So let's take a look at Exchange. Again, there are the four books of exchange, zero, one, two, and three. 
when you click on any of these, they are, uh, there's your six sessions. So each book has six sessions. Then when you click on uh, any of these chapters, you'll, you'll go, there's their Disciple Maker Guide. There's the intro. There's the lab we talked about last time. There's the worksheet. And there is the place to journal. So now you'll see on the right side of the screen these progress checks. You can reset these when you finish, but they will tell you where you last left off. When you, so when you press that bookmark on the home page, then it will take you right to there. So you can, you can check that progress. So when you click on, on any of these sections, so what we did was we um, uh, put all the Bible verses and Bible buttons. And, but what we did instead of that, when you look in your books, uh, like the next book is two pages, two printed pages. If we didn't chop it up, then you would be scrolling endlessly. And let's say you've gotten down to about 80% of that scroll and then you get interrupted and you got to leave the app. When you go back, it's only going to tell you to go back. You're at the top of those pages. So we took everything and we kind of divided it into chunks so that now you're just swiping small parts and it keeps track of what you're doing. So all the, all the, uh, all the Bible verses are in buttons and so it's kind of nice. It's kind of obvious there, nothing out of the ordinary. This really comes into play when you have optional reading. So even in the printed books, there's a list of uh, Bible references. These references are right here at the fingertips, so it's kind of neat. You kind of, you know, you'll have all the optional reading right there at your fingers. So it's kind of uh, a nice, nice convenience to have. I haven't gotten to the reason yet why I will not go back to the books. I'm kind of leading up to that, but there's something in here. There's a feature in here that you'll see that um, that uh, will make a big difference. So like. The printed books, we have worksheets. We In the app, we have the same thing. We have the same questions, same content. There's the workbook entry. So when you click on the workbook entry, what happens is you're, you'll see a bar down here to type. And so you're typing in for the disciple maker or the disciple, you're typing in your response. So you'll see some other content on this page. So here's here is the part that changes the game for me why I never went back to the to the books in the mobile app when you are uh, uh, in the app you can friend like you would on Facebook you can friend the disciple so the disciple maker and the disciple friend each other through the app it is super easy and there's a again there's a little tutorial so this is not too much of a how-to session because you can figure that out on your own this is just I'm pointing out the features and you friend each other in the app. Here's the game changer. I don't know. I sometimes when I say this, I can see that it's not hitting home as much as it actually hits home. But let's take soccer mom Sally. This is her first time to disciple somebody. She's going into the session. It's like a black hole. Man, what's going to be said? Uh, I wonder what's coming my way. If we could diminish that, diminish that mystery, that unpredictable conversation coming up, if we could just minimize it a little bit, it will help give her confidence. So the disciple maker can see the content of the disciple. So when you're going through your questions, what you're going to see 
is uh, you'll see uh, your entry uh, up top, and you can take a note on, on the entry. So you see here, disciples notes, and your notes, and your entry. So I've taken notes on my disciples notes. So your entry, that's my answer to the question in the worksheet. My disciples' answer to the worksheet is on the bottom. And in the middle, it says my notes. I've taken notes on his notes. Let me tell you why that's important. So in this answer, my disciple Dave said, I came to Christ as a child. When I was 16 years old, I walked away from God. And when I was 25, God brought me to my knees. So I'm going to write a note to myself. Hey, when we meet together, ask Dave, what in the world happened when he was 16? Why did you walk away from God? See, I'm not being hit by that cold. Like if I'm sitting there, I'm soccer mom Sally, and I'm like, you walked away from God when you were 16? Oh, what should I say? I wonder what I should, should I talk about that? Is that so? But now I've got a head start. I'm looking at it in advance. Now I'm going to say, what brought you to your knees when you were 25? So I'm going to take that note, and those notes are going to be my conversation points when I go into the session. So I'm doing all this work on my computer. It's going automatically to my phone. I'm going to, before I go, I'm just going to review my notes. Now watch this. Wait, there's more. I feel like I'm doing like a chicken rotisserie commercial. <laughs> so on any note, uh, any, any of the content in this app, you can take a note on the content. And then you can favorite or unfavorite that note. So I've taken a note on, this, on, the, on my disciples' uh, content. And I'm like, ask Dave about what, he, what happened when he was 16. Then I favorite it by that little star. Now I'm going to go down to the fourth icon. These are my notes. On the left are general notes. On the right are my favorites. I'm going to unfavorite every previous comment except for this coming up session. And now that's my conversation points for coming into the, to the session with Dave. And so there it is. Ask Dave what it meant about the true meaning of love. Ask to talk to Dave what happened. So I'm like, I can't quite remember what that means. You just click on it. It takes you back to where the context was. So you're kind of toggling back and forth between that and back to the notes and back to the notes and back to the favorites. So I want to pause and I want to make sure you understand the, the impact of this. You're coming in. You're reading uh, your disciples' work. Now you're praying. God, what do you want me to talk about? You've got a head start here. What this avoids is the Sunday school. Hey, Dave, what did you put on question one? I know what you put on question one. Some of the questions, to be honest, are obvious. So I'm going to like, nah, don't want to talk about that. Nope, don't want to talk about that. Nope, whoa, wait a minute. I want to talk about that. Write myself a little conversation reminder. Favorite that dude. I'm going to come in, and I'm, as I'm prepping for the session, I've got about three or four questions, and I'm already prepped. So the first time I ever did this, I walk into the session, and man, we're, hey, Dave, tell me what happened when you're 16. I saw your work. They obviously know, you know you're not going to creep them out by like, hey, I was just thinking, I wonder what happened to 16. But, you know, I, I read your material. Here's another thing. And uh, the guy I'm discipling right now, we just had this little, this little intersection. 
hey, I noticed you did your work 30 minutes before we were going to meet. <laughs> and so what I say kindly is like, hey, you have to help me. How's it go? Help me help you, <laughs> right? Jerry Maguire. Um, you have to help me out. Give me at least 24 hours so that I can really spend some time with what you wrote. But this way you can also find out if they're just jamming in at the end and you can then have that conversation with your disciple, but it's super helpful. I can't overemphasize how this is a game changer and especially for those of us in ministry, we're used to hearing hard things and listening and responding, but for everyday people in the church, this is one of the reasons they don't disciple. They don't know what's coming. They don't exactly know how to prepare for it. Now we're just helping them out. Now, trust me, once you get into the session, hey, the conversation's going to take some unexpected turns, but at least they, they, they have some confidence going into it. Does that make sense? All right, so moving on, let me, let me share with you the, the, this final tool called Mix. So um, Bobby Harrington and uh, Jim Putman wrote a book called Disciple Shift. Some of you might have read that book. In that book, there are four relational spheres. So I uh, went out to Jim's church, met with his executive team and said, hey, would you allow me to take these spheres and kind of blow them up a bit and uh, create some tangible ways that we can live these out? So kind of agreed on all that, kind of worked with their team. And so um, Mix is a companion tool. What do I mean by that? It's like a toolbox. You're hanging a picture like, oh, I need a hammer. You're going to reach in because you need a hammer because that's what you need at the time. It's not sequential like the other two tools. It's like uh, you can look at it like uh, one of those assorted chocolate boxes. You know, you're like I'll take the one with jelly in it. I'll take the one with the nut in it. You take it when you need it. So for example, let's say you're, talking to your disciple, and you say, hey, man, how's your prayer life going? How's your prayer rhythm? Oh, man, I, it's awful. I run out of stuff to say. I, don't, I really don't know, you know exactly where to go with it. Like, hey, let's check that out. And then you reach into the companion tool, and let me show you what you'll find. So you'll find these four relational spheres. This is, these are the relationships that every believer has. We have a relationship with God, with believers, with unbelievers, and we have a relationship as we just heard, discipleship relationship with our families. So each of these have different sections and different parts. So for example, when you go to the God section, there's prayer, there's word of God, there's worship, and there's surrender. So if someone is wrestling with prayer, then you click on the prayer and uh, the prayer tool. And what happens is you'll see about 30 different creative ways of how to approach prayer. So, for example, uh, there's um, prayer journaling. There's Bible. This is one of my favorite, Bible reading prayer. So when you click on Bible reading prayer, what happens is, in fact, with my disciple, I used that this week. I said, hey, let's try this together this week. And so I did it on my own. He did it on his own. These are Bible verses that are God-directed. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name on all the earth. And so how I disciple this is like, just take that and stop. And just pause on that and, and improvise on that and pray through the, that scripture. And so there's all these different kinds of verses. There's journaling prayer. There's just many types of prayer. Same thing for the word of God. Here's 30 creative ways of, of, uh, of 
approaching the Word of God, just because it's it doesn't have to be that that way. That you know, do the same thing all the time. Um, there's the home uh, 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 button here, and so uh, each of these uh, are specified, uh, very personalized. So, for example, in um, in the home uh, 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 tool. Uh, it's for you. You'll go in there and say, "Are you single? Are you married? Do you have kids?" And you can click on any of those arrangements, and it will take you specifically. So you may, "Hey, I'm undergoing stress." Okay, here's something for stress. So basically, it is a toolbox to reach into to use when you you need it. Does that make sense? I found it super helpful. So let me tell you how I use this tool. So this week, I'm talking to, uh, last week, I was talking to my disciple. I'm like, hey, how's it going in prayer? Uh, so now you know how it's going with prayer, right, when they say that. I'm like, hey, let's try three of these this week. We're going to try listening prayer. We're going to try Bible reading prayer. And we're going we're gonna to do, we're going to go through, there's one uh, praying back uh, through the, uh, the names of God through the Old Testament. And so we're going to use these tools. What I'm finding, what I'm trying to find is what really sticks with this person. If he doesn't like all, any, any of them, oh, let's try some more next week. Because probably at the end of the journey, there's going to be three or four or five approaches of prayer that he's really going to like and he's going to, uh, he's going to really adhere to. So that's, that's what we use the tool for. So that is the, that's the mobile app. I'm going to pause a little bit for questions. I do have a couple up here, but if you do have questions, let me know. Um, so here's the first question. Do you recommend only one disciple at a time? We're asked this question all the time. It's a great question. So in other words, how many disciples do I disciple at one time? I'm going to, there's no black and white right answer, but I'm just going to give you my perspective. I'm trying my best to be a, good, a decent husband, a good husband. I'm trying my best to be a good, a good dad. I'm trying to be my best to be a good neighbor. I'm trying my best to be a good brother. My mom passed in October. I'm trying, I was trying my best to be a, a good son. I'm trying my best to be a good pastor. I'm trying my best to be a good follower of Christ. Anybody tracking with me? I'm just, I'm just trying, man. I'm trying to, to do my work. When I, when I take on a disciple, I'm trying to be a, a, a good disciple maker. So with all of those layers in our lives, how many people can we disciple? I have found that I disciple one at a time for the reason that if you try to disciple more than one at a time, somebody's going to suffer somewhere in all that mix. Now, there's exceptions to that. We have retired folks in Florida. Shocker. They have more time. And so they're asking all the time, what else, what else can I do? Why don't you disciple somebody else? You've got a little bit of extra time. Your schedule allows. So it's kind of a, it is a customized answer. But here's the other thing I would say. If you're, if you're going to be uh, Mr. or Mrs. Mega Disciple Maker, you could be taking away from someone else that could be discipling. So in our church, we have people ask all the time, how do you pair disciples at a one-to-one -one level? There's good, better, best. At the good level, we, we, become, we take a list of people. They say, hey, I don't know anybody that you know, can disciple me or whatever, and then we become ChristianMingle.com. You know, we're trying to kind of help arrange it. But that's not our favorite way to do it. 
because it's just kind of mixed matching, but sometimes you have to. The second, this, the, the better way would be two people in the church know each other. They may not be in the same group or same ministry area, but they know each other. And they say, hey, we'd like to journey together. The best is if they're in the same home group or Bible study because there's greater observation. And so we pair them together. And uh, so when we pair them together, when, you know, if we have to, we just say, hey, why don't you guys meet, have coffee, and see if that, you know, that works out. But uh, the best way is to, if they know each other already, they come to us and say, hey, we'd like to go through this journey. So, uh, so right now, we have, I think, about 25 people who are waiting to be discipled. What a great problem to have. What a great problem to have. But again, we don't want to overload people. Remember, soccer mom Sally is the champion. So one at a time, uh, one at a time. Uh, second one is I assume men and women disciple, uh, men disciple men, women disciple women. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're getting to a level of relationship that's deep and, and uh, confidential. And uh, we would say 100% men with men, women with women. Some people ask, uh, can I disciple, for example, my wife? I say, depends on how long you want to be married. Uh, and then we move on from there. We have found great impact on marriages when men are discipling men and women are discipling women. So many of you are married in this room, I'm, I'm assuming. And uh, you know, after you've been married for a while, there's always those few things that keep coming up. And when your spouse brings that thing up, there it is again, right? But why is it? that some other person can talk to you about the very same thing and it, then there's no tension. This is what we found, especially when we have, uh, when we have um, marriages that are in rough waters. I will go to the wife and say, let me take it. Let me take it. You quit, you quit trying to course correct. Let us speak into the man's life. And we speak into the man's life, and man, it makes a significant, significant difference. Someone had asked me during the break, how about discipling couples? So my wife here, I didn't introduce her in this session, Carrie. Uh, and so we have done, uh, in a way, we're doing that right now. We've done it in the past where we disciple a couple, but we disciple them separately and then we come back together at times. We'll double date and we'll just, you know, have dinner together. So let me tell you, let me tell you the power of one-to-one -one disciple making when it comes to couples. So um, I'm going to not use names and places to just, just to protect people here uh, because it is broadcast. But we, we, there was a man uh, in our church that was in my men's group, and, um, and we just kind of had a, a, a mix, and so we started journeying together. Now, this man was the leader, the navigator, over these groups, these married groups, in one of the most well-known churches in the U.S. Everybody in this room knows the church. Everybody in this room knows the pastor. He was the leader of all those marriage groups. So we started discipling, uh, you know, going through this disciple journey. 
I said to him one day, I'm like, hey, man, like I naturally would, how are things at home? He gave the man answer. You know what the man answer is? Fantastic. I'm like, great. I'm glad to hear it. You don't have to push. Given enough time, given the tools, and given the Holy Spirit, things will begin to naturally bloom. You don't have to pluck it out. It just naturally surfaces. If it doesn't, you leave it alone. You don't have to push so hard that it becomes uncomfortable. Some people think, you know, one-to-one discipleship, you've got to lay it all out in the first day. Just let the Holy Spirit do the work. Two or three months later, in that time frame, my wife and I are double dating. We go out to dinner with them. Just kind of observing. There's no hand-holding. There's no sweetness in the talk. It's very antiseptic. There's no arm around the shoulder. There's no sweetheart, honey, dear. None of that. It almost seemed like a business relationship. So uh, we didn't say anything. We're just observing. Next time I'm with this guy, I say, hey, just checking in. Everything good at home? Yeah, it's good. We have made significant progress. We've made significant progress. He's now indicating to me that it's not. But I'm like, okay, good to know. Remember, we're aiming for the six-month mark. And right there it is, about six months, he came to me and said, hey, can I talk to you about some things at home? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You know why? We're safe. We're safe. So the guy that's leading groups, married groups, in one of the most well-known churches in America said, I haven't been intimate with my wife in the last 10 years. We haven't held hands. We haven't had romance. There it is. There's your church culture, to be honest. This is the significant need for a table for two where there's safeness built that somebody can say, hey man, I just, I just need an ear. I just need an ear. I'm not a counselor. I don't, I don't do marriage counseling, to be honest with you. It's not my training. I, I can tell from a, you know, some things from a biblical point of view, but I, I send them to somebody that's really trained with that. So I don't go in as a, as a counselor. I didn't give him any deep counseling. We put them in counseling, and they're doing amazingly better. But for 10 years, in the church culture... There wasn't one dang person to talk about. It's amazing, right? Stunning. They're in your churches, by the way. They're in my churches. It's a, it is a beautiful thing when you can find healing at a table for two. Uh, next question here. Podcast of the session. These are all podcasts. And, and as I said, discipleship.org. Um, you have 25 disciples waiting. Does that mean you need more training? Is the learning curve steep? Let me, uh, uh, let me say that the economy of disciple makers and disciples is always fluctuating. It's always fluctuating. In other words, there are times you're going to have more disciple makers than disciples. Sometimes you're going to have more disciple makers, more disciples than disciple makers. So what we just did 
is we kind of said, hey, we've got all these disciple makers. We're going to do a training like this. So we did a, So we kind of fast-tracked some people. So once you get it going, the people that have been discipled now can become disciple makers. But there are times you got to start with somebody. So what we did about um, three or four weeks ago, maybe, we said, hey, let's do a Saturday training. Pick some people in our church have not been through the tools, but we would pick them if we were starting over and we jump started another, I don't know what it was, 10, 15 people so they could disciple. So you're always, it's never going to be the perfect mix. So it's never going to be like, wow, this is, this is so amazing. We have three people who want to get discipled and we got three disciple makers. That's just, that's amazing how that worked out. It's just not going to. Yeah. Uh, is it wise or unwise to disciple a staff member that you work with daily? Hmm, that's a good question. It's the first time I've ever asked. I've been asked that question. I would say no. Uh, that's that's right off the top of my head. I would say no. Right? I'm looking at you, Eric. Eric is uh, Eric Williams is our executive pastor. The reason is that let's say the person really needs to open up about what's going on at work. They're gonna they're gonna feel either that they're gossiping about stuff at work maybe, or they're gonna feel like maybe they're gonna lose their job if they're you know kind of laying it out. So my my instinct would be to say no. Um, this says multiple campus locations. Yeah, yeah. What does that mean, Charlie? Yeah. Mm. Oh, I see. Gotcha. So the question was. Um, just for the sake of the podcast, the question was, with the affiliation code, if you're a multi-site uh, church, would you set up a, the affiliate code for, uh, separately for each of those locations? And I think that's going to be what you would prefer. You can if you want. So it's like, uh, you know, uh, Church XYZ1, Church XYZ2, or different location names, different city names, whatever that might be. Or if you want to see the entire thing, then you would just do it under one umbrella. But that's, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Uh, church-wide rollout. Okay. Yeah, let me get to that. It's a great, great question. Um, do you, yeah, got to that one. All right. Uh, final one. Where'd you get that shirt? It's really amazing. Just kidding. That was not on there. All right. Hey, we got about tw 10 minutes. Do I still have your brains? Are you still with me? Let me just... Let me do what I normally do in about 40 minutes. I'm going to just give you kind of an, like, how do you roll this out when you go home? Uh, and just, we're going to kind of have fun with it. So I do this thought of, um, if you think of your, uh, like you're starting a brand new uh, restaurant, okay? So you're going to do a restaurant, and uh, let's see, I always lay this thing. And in a restaurant, there are three parts to a restaurant. There's a kitchen, there's the service area, and, or something like that, that's a big eye, and then there's a front of house, okay, that's where the people come enjoy the music and the tablecloths and everything. If I were to say to you, you're going to start a restaurant next Thursday, which one of these do you start in first? The kitchen. You have to. You don't want to invite guests to your restaurant and nothing to, to, you know, to fix. So you're going to start in the kitchen. When you think about a kitchen, what's in a kitchen? You've got appliances. You've got health codes you've got to pass. You've got, uh, you've got to get a menu. You've got to get uh, an executive chef or a head chef or somebody who's going to cook the food. You've got you know, utensils and all that jazz, right? What this means is 
you, you're going to start with the executive chef. If you don't have a chef, you don't have a plan. So some of you may be lead pastors in this room or listening to the podcast. Uh, some of you are associate pastors. Some of you are disciple-making pastors, discipleship pastors. Here's the deal. The senior executive leadership of your church must buy in before you launch in your church. If you don't, there will be two things that happen. It'll be insurrection and tension, or it will be a failure. And you don't want either of those. What does that mean? If you're a staff-led church, we're a staff-led church, you might be an elder-led church, deacon-led church, council-led church, different, different ways of polity, right? You want their buy-in. If they don't buy-in, then, um, then you'd say, hey, can we talk through this? Can we pray through this? Can we, would you mind if I test drive it with a couple of people? You try to negotiate somewhere in between. But if they're like adamantly opposed to it, you just have to say, hey, we're going to wait for another time. And that's super important. You have to have a health code. What do I mean by that? In this book, by the way, you can take a picture of it because we need the books back, unfortunately. But um, there's a disciple maker criteria. And that criteria is found on page 32. This is a health code. Where do I, why do I say that? If you have three people, John, Mark, and Mary, who want to be disciple makers, and you pick Mary and John, and Mark doesn't get chosen, and you don't have a criteria, they're going to just think it's personal. But if you say, this is our criteria, and this is how we, this is how we choose. Like I said in an earlier session, this is just what we use. You can take this for an idea, slice it, dice it. It's, it's, uh, it's right out there, uh, so you can use it. For example... If someone is going to disciple in our church, they need to have a rhythm with God. That doesn't mean they're perfect, but we're going to ask them, hey, what's your rhythm with God? Are you in constant communication with God? Are you in the Word? Do you tithe? That's a, that, that's a, that's a heart issue, right? Because we talk about giving back first fruits in the disciple-making material. How can I disciple someone else when that's not my heart yet? And so we just have honest conversations. And if someone says, I'm not there yet, hey, we love you, God loves you, why don't we put you as a disciple and let's, so that you'll have some opportunity? But you want that in place. So all of these things are important to have some understanding of the tools. But here's where the important part comes. This is the service area. So if you think about what's in the service area, this is where they, we have the servers who go back they're going to get the, the napkins, the plates, utensils, everything they're going to bring in the front of the house. And typically, there's a manager over these servers, right? They're not just on their own. Here's what we did in our church. So in that service area, we chose three disciple makers. They had never seen the tools. They had never done the tools. We didn't know if this was going to work at our church. It was a total experiment. So what we did is we took these three disciple makers. They were seasoned Christians. I knew that they were committed. They were faithful, 2 Timothy 2.2. I knew they weren't going to drop the ball. I met with them. And I said, read the first session, 0.1. Do the worksheet, do the reading, prep as if you're going to disciple somebody and come into the meeting and let's talk about it. I want to know anything that's freaking you out right now. 
Anything you don't know about, anything that you're asking questions, you're not sure about, something you don't like, I want to know right here at this table, let's say it all. Okay, so we worked all that through. Second thing, who are you going to disciple? Well, I'm going to disciple Mark because he hadn't been in church in eight months. I'm like, okay, time out. Discipleship is not rehabilitation. You can be friends with him, but we're going to commit these things to faithful men, as I said in a previous session, because we're committing to future investors. That's what 2 Timothy 2.2 says, right? Commit to somebody to ensure success. So let's talk that out. They, we picked this, you know, we talked through the disciples. Now they're ready to go. I said, okay, in the next two weeks, I want you to go do it. Were they a little nervous? Sure. Sure they are. Never done it before. That's true for any of us. But I want you to go and do it, and then we're going to meet two weeks from now, and we're going to talk it through. How are you doing it? While we're doing this behind the scenes, I've heard it said several times here, are you going to start a revolution? Don't announce it, right? Just start doing it behind the scenes. While you're doing that, at the front of the house, I'm going to do a message collection, or some people call it a, a sermon series. I'm going to do a message collection on the importance of disciple making, all right? I'm prepping the front of house. We're getting the music ready, the candlelight. We're getting the, you know, we're, we're getting people ready, but they don't know what's going on in the service area, just like you don't know what's going on back there. They, you don't know if they dropped your fork or not back here, right? So you don't see that part. So now I'm working on, I'm working with these three guys. When they came back in two weeks, I'm going to use the word electric. It was electric. They were so excited, these three disciple makers. They were like, I mean, tell me, tell me how it went. Oh man, our conversations were great. We've never had that conversation at that, at that group level. It became so customized, so personalized. And it, they just went on and on and on about it. And they were super excited. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Let's do it again. So we rinsed and repeated three times. Do the next session. Come back. Let's meet. Next session. You actually wouldn't even have to do it that long. I just wanted to make sure the thing was going to work. Then here's the magic sauce, okay? When we're doing the, we're doing the, the sermon series and the message collection on disciple making, soccer mom Sally's voice, pastors, has more power than yours. It's called third-party endorsement in business. So you're sitting at Panera Bread. The manager comes to your table and like, hey, you should try the turkey club. I'm automatically suspicious. They order too much turkey and they're trying to download it, right? <laughs> I'm sitting in the same booth and the lady behind me says, this is the absolute best turkey club I have ever had in my life. I'll take the turkey club. So when, so when people in your church see soccer mom Sally get up and say, hey, guys, I just want to let you know in the last six weeks, I've had three sessions as a disciple maker. Now, I was a little nervous to start with because I didn't know how this was going to go. But I'm going to tell you what, it is so much bigger and better than I ever thought. Slam dunk a Rooney. It, it will make a huge, huge impact. And that's how we launched in our church. Those six people, three disciple makers, three disciples, turned into 12 that turned into 24, that turned into 48, that turned into 96. And it wasn't because of the preaching. It was because of the third-party endorsement, everyday people talking to everyday people. That's how a revolution starts. It's the, it's the foot soldiers, everyday people. Does that make sense? Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. All right. All right. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray with you as you go. Thank you so much for your attention. I know this was a lot of info. I know you've already had a lot of info. Uh, do you want to say something about, yeah, so this is Eric Williams again. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Steve. Um, as we talked about before, these tools are completely at no cost. So it's really, it's, we're local pastors. Our church family knows what it's like also. So uh, our church is one who's been behind a lot of other individual donors for being able to provide uh, the tools that are here. I have copies of some of the books. Now, I need you guys to help us recover the cost and pr the printing cost of those books. So uh, every one of the books, they're $10 a book that I have that are up here. And that's, it cost us like $9 or something from our print shop there in Sarasota. But the tool, you can go to the website, smallcircle.com. You can download the full version PDFs of all of the books. They're there. We have a regular print version. We also have a commercial print version where basically they kind of do the, the cut marks in the corners and stuff. So if, if at your church or in your town you have a good deal at a local print shop, you can download that commercial version of it and have them printed there. Maybe you can get a better deal than that. Uh, you can also go to smallcircle.com. You can purchase the books directly from there. If you prefer not to carry a bunch of books back with you on the airplane or wherever you're traveling from. But we really encourage you to drive you to the mobile app. The mobile app is completely free. I know pastors went through multiple uh, giving kind of the advantages of using that, so we really want to point you towards that. But I've got probably 15 or 20 sets of Disciple, another 15 or 20 sets of the Disciple Maker. I have about a half a dozen of them up here, and I've kind of already broke down the booth and everything. I've got a long drive in front of me, but we'll make sure if we have more folks than these six up here, I'll, I've got more out in the vehicle. So okay. Thank you, guys. Yep. Yeah, good. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day uh, and for what you've taught us again. Again, we just pray that you'll carry it in our heart for the things that you want us to carry. Thank you for each church that's represented here, churches that you love, churches that you're investing in. And Father, we just pray for disciple-making to make its way in each of these churches. I pray for boldness. I pray for courage. I pray for the sense of confidence in the everyday people that we love so much and serve every day. So, Father, we just ask for your Holy Spirit to do what we cannot do. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for coming. Awesome stuff from Steve McCoy and Small Circle. If you want to download that app, you can go to, you can search it in your Google store and your Apple store and go check out smallcircle.com. Up next, we're going to be hearing from Relational Discipleship Network. We've got Jim Putman, Scott Harris, Bob Reed, and somebody named Mark Moose, in quotes, Bright. I can't wait to figure out what Moose means. <laughs> How did he get that nickname? Also, Joel Owen. So stay tuned for that. Hit subscribe if you haven't already. And let's listen to more of these episodes and get better at making disciples. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening, and I hope to catch you on the next episode. We'll see you.